Let's see, be merciful to those who doubt. There's that, there's that compassion. But it says, save others by snatching them from the fire to show others mercy mixed with fear. There's a healthy fear of the Lord that needs to live in our hearts at all times. You know, we <clears throat> as Christians obviously don't like that word. We don't like the word fear. But it was placed in our hearts for a reason. When a child comes up to an unknown animal, and that unknown animal bites you. A child learns not to just come up to that animal and just touch it. They're going to get bit. However, people, are, people put God so far back in the back burner that they forget their fear of God. They forget that they need to have that awareness that God is their, their supplier. He's their provider. He's the one who gives you wisdom. He's the one who gives you understanding. He's the one who gives you anything and everything you have. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona, welcoming a guest speaker for this message. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 E 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation online, visit us at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's a word from our guest. Thank you, Pastor Tim. It's an absolute privilege to be here today and uh, to bring you guys the word. It's a huge responsibility, and I don't, I don't know that I can uh, say that I'll do it justice today, at least. You know, this is my first time. Um, so if you could bear with me, <clears throat> I don't know if any of you know we're, we're moving. So uh, most of our stuff is packed up, and so is our printer, so I didn't get a chance to print out my notes. Uh, so, bear with me with the computer up here. Um, so let's pray before we, before we get started. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the people that came hungry for your word, Lord. Lord, we pray that you open their hearts, that you open their minds, Lord. Lord, bring an anointing into this place that cannot contain, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I wanted to talk to you guys about the book of Jude. I don't know if any of you have read it. It's a, I mean, everybody should have read it. It's, a, it's one chapter. It's only 23 verses. And uh, when I kind of told Pastor Ray that I was going to teach on Jude, he said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to teach on James. And uh, at the back of my mind, I was just kind of half joking that you know it was going to be because of the book is so short <laughs> but you know the, as i studied the book um more and more i i learned that it it's got a lot to offer it's got it is full it's a 23 chapters and every single verse gives you a whole new picture about the the amazing things 
that God wants for your life and the way that he wants you to enact them. So um, let me just give you guys a little reason why this is kind of a, a big deal for me to be up here today is, uh, as Pastor knows, I've, I've shared with him and some of the uh, men's meetings guys, um, I grew up in a church. I grew up, my dad was a pastor, and I didn't want anything to do with pastoring. I, I told my dad, as a child, as a young child, I said I wanted to be a pastor like my dad because everybody wants to be what their dad is. Uh, but as I grew up and as I got into my teen years, I, I didn't want anything to do with standing on a pulpit and talking to people about Jesus. That was not what I wanted to do. I, in fact, I, I ran away from it so much that I actually ended up distancing myself from my, not only my, my church, but my faith and my family. And it was... It was a hard time for me. It was, uh, you know, I can say that a lot of people say that, well, isn't, isn't being a Christian hard? Let me tell you, being completely hopeless is hard, right. you know? You <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm standing here in front of you today, and this is kind of a, I'm not going to say a revelation, but it was, we were, we were just um, praying in the back, and and even though I, I said yes to Pastor Tim when he asked me if I wanted to preach, uh, I couldn't get that spirit out of the back of my mind that said, but you said you weren't going to do it. You said you didn't want anything to do with it. And even as I stand before you right here, right now, that little spirit in the back of my mind says, what are you going to tell these people? But in the name of Jesus, I know that I can... I can give you guys something. All right. So, we're going to start with Acts 20, 29. If any of you have your Bibles and would like to, please open them up. <clears throat> Again, if anybody's read the book of Jude, you'll know why... This passage of the Bible is relevant. Relevant. For I know that this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. This is Timothy speaking to the church of Ephesus. This is years before Jude wrote this letter. Nobody knows, by the way, who wrote who Jude wrote to. But we know that whoever it was, it was either the Ephesians or the Corinthians. <clears throat> and even though it is the shortest book in the Bible, it talks about end times. It talks about false prophets. It talks about this extremely rich um, kind of... Uh, connotation of what's happening in the church at this time. We see, um, and speaking of, uh, of the times, one of the major issues that was happening was infiltration of other beliefs into the church. I don't know if that sounds familiar to everybody, 
But that seems to be what's going on right now. Little interesting fact about Jude is that he doesn't call himself a brother of Jesus in the introduction to the book. He calls himself a brother of James, which I guess would establish his credibility as a teacher because James is the leader of the church at this time. But he says, I am a servant, a slave, other, other translations translated that way, a slave to Jesus and a brother to James. Jude was one of those people, I think, kind of like myself, that I, you run away from your call. You run away from what, what God wants for your life. And uh, he was not a believer until after the resurrection. <laughs> I mean, you'd think... <laughs> so we scroll down to Jude 3, chapter 1, verse 3. This is actually the, the verse that inspired me to talk about what I wanted to talk to you about today. It says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about the common, <clears throat> common salvation, I was compelled to write to you urgently. This is the amplified version. Urgently appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith. How many people today think that being a Christian is just being good people? That, that, you're, that God is so good, that God has so much grace that you can believe whatever you want to believe, but, you know, as long as you say you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Pastor, and it's in your notes, actually. One of my favorite quotes from Pastor Tim uh, I think it's a little further down, but he says, there's a new gospel being taught, and that's greasy grace. Like, you're just going to slip right into heaven. But let's face it, when you slip, you fall. You go down, not up. <laughs> so, so, in Matthew, we find that Jesus himself gave a warning against false prophets, against people infiltrating into the church and teaching things that were out of, out of context and not from his word. In Matthew 7, 15, 16, we find, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. But then God goes, I mean, Jesus goes on to tell us how to recognize them. As you will know them by their fruits. <laughs> it's interesting that people, everybody says, you know, I don't want to go to church because Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. They all say that they're holier than thou, and then you see them outside, and it's, you could not tell them apart from anybody else. You know, we all live in the world, but we're not of the world. That's what the Bible says. However, a true Christian, you can tell who a true Christian is by their fruits. A person who has fruit that is part of fruits of the Spirit, you will see that they are 
in fact a true Christian. That's their root. It's interesting that he writes urgently. There's something going on in this church. And Jude is so bothered by it. It's so, um, he has so much problems with it that he, he was writing them a letter. But he stops the letter that he was writing them to tell them, listen, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to pay attention. And the, what's crazy is that Jude does not pull any punches. He goes straight to the point. He does not deal with, with well, you know, if you could maybe just talk some sense into the person. or No. He goes straight to the point. He tells them what kind of people these are. He tells them that they have taken the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, the rebellion of Korah. If we if we look at through if we look through our Bible and we look through these references that he talks about here in Jude eleven, we'll find that those three fruits are jealousy, greed, and rebellion. People think that they can just change something when they don't like something. The Word of God is unchangeable. I was, I was telling, Heather asked me the other day, she said, well, do you have a, a personal story that you're going to tell the congregation about uh, this particular topic? And I couldn't think of anything when she asked me, but now that I'm kind of looking at her, it's kind of funny. <laughs> we had a, we had a uh, conversation. We actually, this conversation kind of goes back and forth uh, periodically. And I come home from work, and I, I don't know if you all know, but I work in the emergency department. I work 12 hours, and it's usually come home pretty tired. <laughs> and when she doesn't work or doesn't have something going on at church, she'll make me dinner. And I'll come home and I'll sit down at the table and I'm like, honey, this is wonderful. This is amazing. But, see, the problem is that then I ruin it. I ruin it by saying, but you know, if you just put a little more of this, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you just sprinkle a little extra salt or you know what we should try doing that way <laughs> you know and I've done it enough times that I should know by now <laughs> but <laughs> I think I need to talk with Pastor Ray and Beb um, after I was thinking about it last night, and that particular, <laughs> that particular idea that came to my mind, I realized 
she's doing this for me out of the goodness of her heart from love because she loves me, because she wants me to, to have something to eat that night. Because she wants me to be sustained. She wants me to know that she cares about me, that she was thinking about me. And I come home, and all I got in my head is the problems, trying to decompress from the whole day. And I come home, and I, I ruin that beautiful gift that she was trying to give me. And I had no reason to complain. She could have easily not have made anything, gone, gone off to the movies or something by herself. <laughs> but she remembered that I was coming home and that I was going to be tired. Yet, and we do that with God. We want God, well, you know, God, if you sprinkle a little more grace over here, you know, if you throw a little more, you know, I want, I want more of this. Give me a little more of that. Pretty soon, the church doesn't even believe the Bible anymore. The recipe is completely different. People don't even teach about it in some churches. It's a, it's a glorified motivational speaker that you go talk to. <laughs> As we um, go on to Jude 16, it's interesting that Jude, Jude calls these people, I'm um, sorry, it's Jude 12 to 13. He calls them clouds without rain. You ever seen you ever seen a big rain cloud up in the sky? And and you think, oh my gosh, here comes here comes the rain. And if you're a person like me, you grew up in the desert their whole life, I want some rain. I want some you know, some nourishment for the ground. I love the smell of the pines when it rains. And you see this huge rain cloud pass by and you just get excited because you know that any minute now. You're going to get that smell. You're going to get everything's going to just be rehydrated. But it just passes by. I can't be, I, you know, there's nothing you can do except be disappointed. You can't, you can't just sit there and say, give me some water. You can't ask the cloud for water. It didn't have any. In Jude 16s, he refers to them as grumblers, fault finders. boasting to call attention to themselves. They flatter others for their own selfish interests. Anybody ever bought a used car from a very uh, shady dealer? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to make any reference to Pastor's uh, dealer days. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, you know you know that a lot of times what they're telling you is not what you're seeing in that car they tell you oh well oh yeah the car is brand new it's got brand new paint 
Yeah, somebody painted it with a brush. But the, the point is that they're liars. They tell you that they tell you just what you want to hear. Exactly. They just want to tickle your ears. They just want to, they know what's going to make them more liked. And that brings us to um, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. A lot of these people are people who seek to divide because they don't like what you have. Oh, yeah, they might like some parts of it. They might like some of the grace. They might like the, you know, the getting together aspect of it, but they could do away with the Jesus part of it. You know, they don't really care about that. Or accountability. God forsake anybody say accountability. It's, it's crazy. Every time you talk about something like health, end times, or money in church, church gets quiet. Can't hear a whistle. Nothing. If there was a, there was a cricket in the back, you would be able to hear it clearly, even through the mic. We don't like things that make us uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about uncomfortable things. So what do people do? They separate so that they can talk about things that they, don't, that they like to talk about. But what does God hate? In Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19, he talks about those things he hates. Six things hates the Lord, and the seventh is an abomination. Those who see seek to divide his church. And that's what's happening today. People try to bring in their false teachings. People try to bring in their own doctrines. The whole reason why we have denominations was because people couldn't settle on one thing. In Jude 22 and 23, <laughs> again, one of those things people don't like to talk about because we don't want to be uh, labeled as fear mongers. It says, <clears throat> let's look it up here. See, be merciful to those who doubt. There's that, there's that compassion. But it says, save others by snatching them from the fire. Just 
to show others mercy mixed with fear. There's a healthy fear of the Lord that needs to live in our hearts at all times. You know, we as Christians obviously don't like that word. We don't like the word fear. But it was placed in our hearts for a reason. When a child comes up to an unknown animal, and that unknown animal bites you, that child learns not to just come up to that animal and just touch it. They're going to get bit. However, people are people put God so far back in the back burner that they forget their fear of God. They forget that they need to have that awareness that God is their, their supplier. He's their provider. He's the one who gives you wisdom. He's the one who gives you understanding. He's the one who gives you anything and everything you have. And people think that they can just put them in the back burner and then wonder why everything in their life is going wrong. So bringing that kind of, that teaching forward with um, what Jude talks about, we know that um, there was some false teachings going on, but what's the main one that's happening today in today's society? Um, what are the two big ones? It's actually kind of a big political issue. Tolerance and abortion. Those beliefs, because they are beliefs, they are not rights, okay? Their beliefs are making their way into the church today. The Methodist church just separated for that issue. And it's not, it's not of God. It's not something that that God said it's okay. We see it in Genesis 19. Why did he destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? He did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because he just didn't like them. He, Abraham pleaded with God. He said, you know, if there were 10 people in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you still destroy it? And God said, no. That goes to show the level of evil, the level of false teachings that were happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. Homosexuality. You know, I'm, I love the people. Hate the sin, right? It is such an issue. The churches are completely being broken by it. Abortion. People say, well, you know, it's a woman's right to do what she wants with her body. I'm sorry, but if you've been in the medical field at all and you believe that a woman's body and the, the baby's body is one, you need to retake anatomy and physiology. In most cases, they don't even have the same blood type. When it comes to rebellion, 
God is very clear. What is sin? Sin is nothing more than rebellion. And that is the way of Korah. The rebellion of Korah. Jesus does not tolerate, tolerate rebellion. He destroyed the Israelites that were rebelling in the desert. That was his chosen people. Now, if you think, like Pastor Tim says, that you're all that and a bag of chips, you're honestly going to tell me that God loves you so much that no matter what you do, there will be no retribution. Some churches don't teach that. So we need to fight for our faith, but a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to just uh, go up to somebody and start punching them in the face because they don't believe what I believe. It's not what the Bible's saying. Some people probably want to do that, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches you how to fight like a person, like a Christian. In fact, the entire book of Jude is about how to fight like a Christian. There was, a, there was actually a book, I think, that the ladies did, How to Fight Like a Christian. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it really kind of gives you a step-by-step here on how to fight like a Christian. We see through, and let's go down on your notes there to step one. We must be engaged, not only with other Christians, we need to be engaged in prayer. We need to be engaged in following the Word of God, reading the Word of God. I know that, you know, Dave and Catherine have been doing it for years, and I can probably tell you that they learn something new probably every single time they open their Bible. Yeah, pops up all of a sudden. We need to be engaged. We need to be vigilant to recognize the threats, the darts of the enemy. We need to know where the attacks are coming from. We need to know how they're coming, what way they're coming. A long time ago, it used to be, uh, and I'm sure it will be again, but uh, churches were targeted physically. Now they're targeted politically. And we need to understand that we need to understand and see what those particular uh, attacks are. Step two, we must understand heresy. What is heresy? Show of hands here. Who knows what heresy is? Show of hands. How many people think that's a negative connotation? Heresy in itself is just a definition, if you will. A lot of people used to use that word very liberally for other things. But the simplest definition of that word is wrong belief and wrong practice. 
We see it all the time. But nobody calls it out. I mean, do we not have the God of heaven and earth that can help us in any and all situations? We're all afraid to call it out. We're more afraid of what people are going to say than God's judgment. It's a snare. Jude talks about false teachers abusing God's grace, using it for immoral teachings. Again, sound familiar? We need to be ready to stand up. Heather and I were at a David Jeremiah um, conference in Phoenix. I think it was a couple years ago. The entire title of the conference was Stand Up. That's what we need to do. Stand up. Stand up to, to those uh, wrong beliefs, to those wrong teachings. That's what God tells us to do. In step three, we need to remember that there is ultimate judgment. And that we will be judged for our sins. The ones we were committing knowingly and the ones we thought we were covered from. Especially if you keep doing it. If you think that you're so good that God's going to just uh, let you into heaven, i got news for you. It's not going to happen. If you do not follow what the Word of God says. And then he kind of ends up with a positive note, if you will. He tries to give you some encouragement. Hold steadfast, he says. Be perseverant against the, the snares of the enemy. We need to... God gives us so many tools, so many um, ways that that little voice in the back of your head that says, are you sure? When you're about to do something that's not in keeping with God's word, that's the Holy Spirit telling you something. A lot of times we don't, we don't you know, we're like, oh, it's just my mind, my conscience. But no, that's that, that still voice that God puts in your mind to keep you from all doing all those wrongs that you could do. Anybody read the uh, book Pilgrim's Progress? <laughs> or seen the movie? The 70s movie? It's great. I showed it to Heather for the first time a couple nights ago. 
she she loved it, I think. <laughs> there's a there's a character in there. <clears throat> and his name is Pliable. And I don't know you guys probably know this, but Pliable is one of those people who he's on board, he's ready to go. He wants to, you know, he hears the word and he just wants to not stop. But he wants to go so much and so bad that he doesn't look where he's going. They end up in the muck and the mire. What is that? That's false teachings. That's sin. That's all those problems that you think, oh, well, you know, uh, I, I, there's no point in, in me asking for forgiveness now because I'm just going to do it again next week. God gives you the strength to stop, to keep going. All you got to do is ask for help, which there was the character help. Kind of coming to the end here. But what does Jude tell us to do? It's actually real simple. To stay vigilant. He says to pray in the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean, you know, every time you, you sit down, you, you start speaking in tongues. And... No. That's not what he's talking about. I'm sure that helps. But he's talking about having that holy connection with the one and only creator. It's about having that that connection that you can only have with the Father. That's how we get that bat phone to God, as Heather calls Pastor Tim. That's how we get it. We need to be in his word. We need to be praying. We need to be constantly aware of what's going on around us. We don't have a TV because we don't like watching the news. But a lot of times, there's a lot of things that are happening around in the world. We kind of sort of, I'm not going to say miss, but dismiss. That are happening that are important for us as Christians. Policies that are being passed. Things that are being talked about in schools, things that are being taught in schools. That's the kind of thing that we need to be vigilant for. We need to be able to see these things and stand up to them. We need to be aware that things like these are going on. The last thing that Jude says. Calls us to be strong and look for Christ's return. Anybody been following the, the Revelation study with Pastor Tim? It's really good. And if you haven't, I strongly suggest you do. 
But talk about, we need to know and be aware of the times and the seasons so that we can be more aware of Christ's return. It's upon us. It's happening soon. I believe it. Lastly, I think I said that before. <laughs> In closing, yeah. <laughs> mark your calendars so Paul tells us to be doers of the word not hearers we need to practice what we preach we need to we need to read get into the word and see what it's telling us see actually it's uh, James James 1, 22 to 25. So, I'm going to hand over the, the service back to Pastor Tim, and he can expound on this some more if he likes. But <clears throat> I do want to do one, give you guys one challenge, okay? I know it's kind of silly, because people get challenges all the time. But I want you guys this week and the week after you will see something that will stand up to you or something that will stand out to you. And I challenge you to call it out as heresy. I'm not telling you to go and point your finger at somebody and say you're going to hell, but... (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But I want you guys to, to really... Take a good look at what's happening and call it out as heresy. We need to understand what heresy is. A lot of people think that um, just because Pastor Tim or Pastor Ray or, you know, oh, these guys, they have it made, you know, because they... They don't have to deal with any of the world's problems. They don't, you know, they don't get tempted. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what happens. We all get tempted. But we all need to resist the devil. We all need to call out heresy. We all need to stand against rebellion. From the guest of Pastor Tim Masters and Victorious Life Christian Center with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. 
I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.